I'm Joe. Nice to meet you, brother. I love watching you grow up. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Touchdown! Is this the And Fernando Tatis Jr. A grand slam. Iguodala. It's funny to hear female talk about routes like. Hosted by Clark and Ethan. It's funny. Hello and welcome to From the Backseat. I am your host, Ethan Haas, and I'm joined today by my co-host. What up, guys? Clark here, back again as usual. Back again with some bad takes, great takes. Depend on the day, doesn't matter. Always going to be here. Can't wait to get into today's episode. Got some good stuff for you, and it's a pretty stoked day for us. So let's drive right into it. Yeah, uh, so we'll get right into it right after this. Clark, Clark some huge announcements to make. But before we do, uh, I just want to plug. So it might have seemed like on for a little bit. We've been gone for, by the time I post this, six days. Uh, it's been five days as of recording. But that's because on Monday show, we decided to do a live stream with Divine Sports Gospel, Annie OD, and of course, Drew Code Sports. Uh, we decided to do a live stream of the So if you want to go watch that on Drew Code's YouTube channel, go ahead. You can see the full thing. It's two hours and 30 minutes. Uh, Clark comes in a little bit late. Yeah. Um, I'm there the whole time. So if you want to see Clark, go ahead. Uh, you'll see some shenanigans of me. My stream cut out of the Home Run Derby for a little bit. So you'll just see I was mute for like an hour. <laughs> to that was great. Out. I do yeah. remember that. So uh, go watch that if you want. Go enjoy it. We'll probably be doing more of that stuff during the NFL season and maybe into MLB playoffs, road to the playoffs. Uh, stuff like that. You can watch me emotionally melt down as the Padres possibly wither away. So that's always a treat. For sure. But before we get into it, Clark, how are you feeling about the state of the podcast right now? You know, um, it's hard not to like where things are at right now. Um, I remember when we started this about six, seven weeks ago, you know, I was like, ah, this will be fun. We'll see where it goes. You know, it'll just be two fools here talking about sports, giving only some very interesting takes for you guys to consume. Um, and it has evolved into something at this point. I know it's early into much more than I actually anticipated it being. Um, but it's hard not to love the direction things are going in. Obviously, knock on wood, but it's been a pretty fun ride so far. And Ethan's going to have some things to uh, tell you a little more about that in detail. So. Well, so before I do, I just want to ask you, what's been your favorite part of the first seven weeks? What oh, would I would say, say the highlight of the, po the, the podcast experiences. For you? The po I don't know. I, I just think it's fun. I, th I think it's fun coming up with topics to talk about each day. Um, I think the banter back and forth. I mean, for those of you who don't know, me and Ethan have been best friends essentially since third grade. The sports yeah. debates have been uh, a Raging. constant all the time. So for me, it's just a fun continuation of that, even though we live in two different cities now. I know it's not too far away, but um, probably just that enjoyment aspect of it to continue to do that. So and I think, too, like watching, you know, some of the social channels grow has been really a fun experience and just kind of, you know, maneuvering our way through it. So but I would say, yeah, probably just the, uh, you know, the continuation of a childhood banter back and forth that has uh, worked out to be this now. So, yeah, for sure. For me. Personally, I think it's been the connections we've been able to make with these, yeah, meet all these cool people, show. these other mm -hmm. creators. I mean, it's really cool to get to know Matt, Annie, um, and then Drew the guys Andrew. over at Drew Code. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just it's just a lot of fun. And then I was on Side Door, and Clark and I have some exciting guests. Uh, actually, next that. episode, which I'm recording tomorrow, but it won't be posted till this weekend. 
Uh, we're having some guests on. I'm not going to tell you who it is. It's going to be a surprise. You'll Look see. Look forward to it, though. Look forward yeah. to it. It'll be posted this weekend, but you'll be able to watch the live stream tomorrow if you want to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my favorite part has been all of these creators. It's been yeah, really definitely. cool to know these people. Cody and Drew have been awesome. Andy's yeah. been great. Matt's been awesome. So it's like it's a, it's been a cool little sect so far that we've built with those guys. That's yeah. been a lot of fun. Guys, yeah, so I hope you guys are enjoying it. But let's get into the real milestones that Clark and I are just blown away at. So over on TikTok, which is by far our most popular platform, that's where people digest us the most. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just hit 1,500 followers, which is yep. crazy. Uh, and even crazier than that, we have 45,000 likes on our videos yes. altogether. I mean, it's it's not without reach that we might hit 100K before the end of the year. Like 100K likes is what 100K I 100K mean. likes. It'd be great if we did. That'd be an awesome kind of, you know, little grasp to be at. I mean, again, though, for like I said, for us, I feel like our first six weeks of doing this, I'm really uh, pretty proud and happy with how the content that we put out there is latched on. So, yeah. And then on top of that, we have one video that's on its way to hit 350,000 views. Yep. We have another video that hit 125,000 views. Mm-hmm. We now have three videos with over 50,000 views. And our average view count has just gone through the roof from where yeah. we were about like two weeks ago. So which it's, is it's remarkable to see. It's remarkable to see for us, truly. So we appreciate you guys always, you know, liking, interacting with us on the uh, the TikTok channel itself. I mean, it's been like we said, it's been awesome. It's mm-hmm. great experience. And again, we really appreciate you guys uh, going out there, liking, commenting, throwing us under the bus, calling us stupid. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, so let's move into the the podcast now. Mm-hmm. So the the last episode with Annie, most most listened to, most liked, yep. most interacted with episode. Appreciate it, Annie. <laughs> which is crazy. Thanks, Annie, uh, for yeah. getting us to that milestone. And thank you, you guys. Without you guys, there's no one to listen to the show. So yeah. we, we can't thank you enough for taking your time to listen to Clark and I just banter around for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other big milestone is with the podcast. We have now grown to where we have our first brand deal. So Clark and I have officially sponsored with a brand, and that is SeatGeek. Mm-hmm. So most of you guys probably already know what SeatGeek is. We officially have a promo code. So if you use our code from the backseat, so our handle on pretty much everything, if you use our code from the backseat, you get $20 off your first SeatGeek order. So we just want to shout out that team for taking us in, making them, making us a branded ambassador for them so seat geek if you don't know it's a ticketing app to where it takes all the confusion out of buying tickets every ticket is given a score zero out of ten so you're able to know whether it's a good or bad deal and so that just makes the ticketing experience so much easier plus if you use our code from the back seat you'll get twenty dollars off so make sure to help us out make sure to use our link if you're going to go over to seat geek mm-hmm. and massive Thank you to them for sponsoring the show. Yeah, and if you need any, you know, proof of how great SeatGeek is, uh, a couple weeks back I went to a Padres-Phillies game. I was hunting for tickets. I couldn't find anything I liked on the MLB through Ticketmaster or anything like that. Um, Hopped on SeatGeek, got great seats in the Toyota Terrace, was an awesome date night with my girlfriend. It's a really good place to look, try to find people selling tickets. Always a great hookup. SeatGeek's the way to go. Yeah, so please use our code from the back seat. Uh, You'll get 20% off. Uh, so let's move into our show. So now we're moving into our most popular episode, which is hot takes. 
that's what everyone's here. You guys saw the description. You saw the title. We are getting into hot takes. But before we do that, we're going to play a little game of she's a 10, but. Our so, favorite game. <laughs> our favorite game. Uh, and it seems like it's TikTok's favorite game, too, because yep. it's probably our best performing segment outside of hot takes. Outside. So she she's a 10, but if you don't know, is I will read phrases to where I will use the tagline, she's a 10, but, and then I'll add on a thing. And Clark is then poised with having to give a number score and a reason why he's giving that number score. So, Clark, are you ready? Oh, duh. All right. I'm going to start off with she's a 10, but she threw water on fans with Jackson Mahomes. She's a 10, but she threw water on fans with Jackson Mahomes. Um, if she's hanging around the Mahomes family, I think, again, let me preface this. I think the Mahomes family, great. They're supportive of Patrick. They can totally be whoever they want. Don't judge the Mahomes for, you know, being super crazy in celebrations. Um, however, if you're someone who hangs out with someone who pours water on opposing teams fans after your team loses, that's pretty lowbrow. That's about a two or a three for me. I can't really have that because here's the situation too. If you throw water and we're on a date and you throw water on someone else, guess who has to now probably get into some sort of scuffle? Not you. I do. I get, I'm the one who someone's going to fight because they threw water, you threw water on them. So I'm just not interested in that. I don't go to my sporting events to have someone I'm with throw water on someone or be affiliated with that two or three for me. Okay. All right. She's a 10, but she's a Yankees fan. <sighs> she's a 10, but she's a Yankees fan. Here's the thing. This may shock people. Um, this will be still like an eight or a nine for me. Ah. Um, New York fans as a whole for their shortcomings. You know, I still don't mind them as much as I do some other fan bases. Um, again, maybe win some more guys. It wouldn't hurt you, but I'd still say an eight or a nine. I really don't care that much. Um, maybe it's because I have, you know, connections to New York and it doesn't really bother me, but yeah, a Yankees fan, eight or a nine doesn't bother. Okay. That one's not as controversial. No, it's not. It's not fan. for me. Mm -mm. Well, you also got a picture of a rod right behind you. Well, I do. I do. Uh, who should be in the hall of fame, just put a steroid asterisk next to it, but he should be in there along with Barry Bonds. That's a story for another day. That's a story for another day. All right. So she's a 10, but she thinks Madden ratings are hundred percent correct. Oh, oh, so she's a fool then apparently. <laughs> so uh, that means she's uh, thinking that EA is the proper rater of everyone, which is just absolutely laughable. So, uh, again, it, it comes down to a concern of the fact that she just doesn't know ball. And uh, if she doesn't know ball, I have some serious question marks along the other way. So, for me, it's going to have to be like a four or five. We can't be trusting someone who's going up there every day. And if, like, you know, someone says, oh, so-and-so is not good, and she replies, well, or, you know, oh, it's like, you know, their Madden rating's really good. I can't have that. I just can't have that around me. Doesn't right, matter so, how hot she is. If she recites Madden ratings, four or five. So before we move on, uh, I just want to ask you, which of those Madden ratings do you think is the most egregious? Because there are a ton. I mean, there there's a lot. Um, I think the I believe there's two, the there's two that really, there's two that really stand out for me. Uh, I think the most egregious comes from the wide receiver one. Uh, the top 10 wide receivers came out. They didn't even have Debo Samuel or Jamar Chase inside their yeah, top that's 10. Ridiculous. That's crazy. It's if they didn't watch the season, um, which is preposterous considering the fact that this is their uh, occupation. Um, to I mean, do they're my players. five and six receiver. I know. So it doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, the fact that they're off um, some of the other ones, I thought, I thought Austin Eckler was like really low in the running back ones. I, I, I yeah, thought that was out of the top 10. 
No, he was in the top 10. Eckler was in Oh, it. he was? He was, but he was like, uh, you know, like 80-something. He was like an 89 or a 90. He should be like a mid-90s player for what he does. Um, and then I'm trying to think of any of the uh, the other ones that I really saw so far. I know the kickers came out today. Those are all, I feel like, decently adequate. The worst, I'll, I'll say, the worst, I think, is that safeties list. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the decision, why is Tyron Matthew number one? Yeah, okay, We're just here's the thing. start with that. <laughs> yeah, like, I think that's a great point. I, I think there is still some hangover that people think Tyron Matthew is the same safety he was probably four, five years ago. Which isn't the case anymore. Tyron Matthews is not as good as he was. I think it's pretty simple if you turn on the tape and you watch, and the numbers support that statement. I mean, him being the best safety rate in the game, that's crazy. He's at this point to me, if you want to put him at like, because last year, in my opinion, was bad for Tyron Matthews. It wasn't particularly good. I, I think yeah. if you were to put him somewhere on that list, he'd be like nine or 10, maybe, if you want to be liberal with it and be like, oh, we still could see him coming back, having a nice year with the Saints, which I think he will have a bounce back here with the Saints. But at number one, it's still at this point in his career. No, no. No, not even close. I mean, then, then the other egregious thing, which is Jamal Adams has no business. Being yeah, Jamal Adams, look, he's it. more of a box linebacker than he does play safety. The dude can't cover for his life. When he has interceptions literally thrown to him, he just has them hit off his face. Yeah. So uh, that's still, okay, we didn't talk about that and way back on really bad trades, but that Jamal Adams trade is Yeah, that one terrible. is really bad. Really bad. I really mean, bad. two firsts for Jamal Adams is just absolutely <laughs> insanity. Ah, uh, terrible. Awful. Just Great terrible. job on the Jets, but unbelievable. Unbelievable. All right, let's move on to our next She's a 10. So, she's a 10, but she put $100 on Albert Pujols to win the home run derby. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, shout out. Uh, I'll give Albert credit. A uh, He got past the first round. Uh, granted, it took a all-time terrible first round from Kyle Schwarber for it to happen. Um, I will give her some respect because she put $100 down on it. But again, uh, general lunacy is what I'm kind of getting from that. So I guess like, uh, well, she's into gambling too. So that's kind of cool. But it also, you know, like we can't both be gamblers. Someone has to be responsible with the money in this situation. Yeah. So seven or an eight. Foolish, oh. but not the worst thing in the world. Oh, okay. That won't make Cardinals fans too mad. No, I don't think it would. No, I think they should be happy with that. All right. Next one. She's a 10, but she's friends with Zach Wilson's mom. She's a 10, but she's a friend with Zach Wilson's mom. I still think she's a 10. Oh, okay. But because here, here's why. Zach Wilson clearly only goes after the older player. I'm I'm thinking in this situation, she's my and Zach Wilson's age. No, no. Well, I'm I'm implying that it's it's the mom that slept with Zach Ah. Well, then maybe it changes things a little bit. Still like a seven or an eight. If anything, okay. means Zach Zach Wilson become Eskimo Bros. What's the worst thing in the world? There could yeah, be worse scenario. Bad. Nothing bad. Me and Zach call him up real close, real tight. We could be good you, friends after that. Share a little Z laugh over it. I mean, the best thing is then Zach Wilson would come on the show. Zach Wilson would come on the show. We could dive into it together and talk about the okay. experience. Uh, Actually, we right. wouldn't because that would be crossing a line. But you know, uh, maybe he'd be into it. Maybe he would. I mean, he knows how to get that senior leadership into the locker I mean, room. you know, I actually, again, we we already talked about this, but I think Zach Wilson's stock has gone up from this. This has been a big moment for Zach Wilson. He's much more liked than he probably was two months ago because of this situation. So Over look at the positive, Zach, you know. All right. So we got one last one. She's a 10, but she left a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on From the Backseat. Oh, 10. Ten, easy. Beautiful woman. I agreed. Yeah. Listening to the, really knowing what a good podcast sounds like, that's a ten out of ten. Easy. That is a ten out of ten. 
Uh, so shout out Kelly for leaving a five-star review. You're officially oh. a 10. Congratulations. Wow, Kelly. Congrats. Um, all right. So let's get into our next segment, which is hot takes. Mm. So uh, I don't remember who went first. You last did last time. time. You I did. All right. So Clark, it is your week to go first. So Clark and I have actually coordinated to where we are in different leagues. And it's probably the reverse of what you think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I'm the MLB this week. Clark is the NFL. So Clark, how about you start us off? Yeah, you know, um, I have said this hot take. Ethan knows what it is. And to several members of my friend groups around me whom I've been hesitant to share this one because the two fan bases whom which I will be calling out in this situation may be a little bit upset about what I'm about to say. But um, when it comes down to rivalries, what really defines a good rivalry in my mind is two teams that play competitive in split games win losses no one constantly sweeps the season series um and so for that reason and i want people to pay attention to the words that come out of my mouth the green bay packers and chicago bears rivalry right now is not a good rivalry it's a bad rivalry if you look at it the chicago bears against the green bay packers or vice versa the bears are four in 23 and their last 27 matchups against the green Bay Packers. That is not a rivalry. That is a shellacking. That is a beatdown. That is an embarrassment. And because of that, Aaron Rodgers gets to scream in your fans face while old women give him the bird. I own you. I've always owned you. I'm going to keep owning you. How pathetic is that? I just have to say, I get it. Historically, it is a great rivalry. It is a very close series. I want to say it's like 103, 95 overall between the two. But right now, in the state of where things are, it isn't a good rivalry. The Packers slack the Bears every time they play them. And usually, if it's close even, the Bears will do something very embarrassing, like I believe it was that week one game where Aaron Rodgers gets carted off and then somehow comes back on and leads some three-touchdown miraculous comeback in the last you know 15 minutes of the game in the fourth, and people are sitting there wondering, how did that happen? And it's because it's the Chicago Bears. And again, it's just not even close. When they te- when these two teams meet, the Packers wear them out. It can't be a very good rivalry if one team's won 23 at the last 27 meetings. I'm sorry if that pisses you off. I'm sorry if you don't agree. But the ultimate reality is, if it's going to be a rivalry, it has to be a close exchange of wins and losses. It can't just be close games. There has to be some sort of even split in the record to even have the notion of it being a good rivalry. And the way you look at it with the stats, this ain't even close right now. So historically, great. Currently, bad. Packers and Bears. Bears, try to make it a little bit more competitive. You're probably not because you're going to get your quarterback killed here in the next year and a half. You're going to ruin another one. But uh, that's just the way it works. So, yeah, right now the situation things are, Packers and Bears, not a good rivalry. One-sided Packers kick the snot out of the Bears every time. Oh, every time. Every time. Not even close. Aaron Rodgers just goes into Chicago and just beats them. Yeah, you know, and uh, I hope Bears can at least fans can at least realize that. I think they know who their dad is. It's Aaron Rodgers. Soon, um, but yeah, that's just the way it is. It's unfortunate. I want it to be because it's great when they play like you know if they split series and stuff, season series. But they just they don't. I mean, I can't remember the last. I got to look here. Actually, I can go back. When's the last time the Packers beat the Packers? Uh, was it the year they were twelve and four and Matt Nagy won Coach of the Twenty eighteen. Yep, they beat him in twenty eighteen, oh, and then uh, the last time before that they beat him. So it ain't good. It ain't good. I mean, 
That's kind of like how people talked about the Chargers Chiefs rivalry during the Rivers years. It was like a street where like Rivers lost to the Chiefs like nine games in a row. And people tried no, to I... like it was some kind of rivalry and it just wasn't. No, exactly. But now, that, I mean, I... you can make the argument that that rivalry might be one of the top ones in the NFL between Herbert and Mahomes. No, I, I totally agree. And it, but just for the time of where things, it, again, it varies. Rivalry, but it's not a good one. No. I mean, no. yeah, I totally agree. I, I don't really feel like, I mean, Bears fans have nothing to talk trash to Packers fans about. No, Bes- not anymore. Besides for like the Packers losing the playoffs, but like everyone can talk to Packers fans about that. Yeah. And again, if you're a Packers fan, you're like, okay, well, double doink, sir, or perhaps some other embarrassing <laughs> playoff moment for them. You can just say that. So, but yeah, that's, that's my hot take there. So, but I, I would that's love to hear where yours is going. All right. So mine is going to the MLB and I've been really thinking about this recently just because it's Southern California. They should be in this giant spotlight. They spend so much money and yet they are perpetually bad. Mm. My hot take this week is that the Anaheim angels are one of the most disappointing teams in sports. I don't even know. The Anaheim angels. Yeah. Go on. The Anaheim angels have Two top five players. You could make the argument the top two players in the MLB. And yet, they have not had a winning record since 2014. That is insane. I, I actually think they had one winning record where their final winning percentage was 501. Let me let me pull up their records. So if we go back, 2014 was the last time they made the playoffs. They've been over 500 once since then where they had a winning percentage of 501. So right on basically 500 and that was in 2017 they have had mike trout and shohei otani since 2018 and they have not made the playoffs that is absolute lunacy that a team that spends so much money they have a top 10 payroll in the league is not able to make the playoffs if we go back before the emergence of otani they spent all that money on cj wilson they spent all that money on albert pujols who Whole different story, but Albert Pujols just went out into the into the home run derby, and everyone gave him his huge flowers when he robbed the Angels of over a hundred million dollars for ten years. But and then there's also uh, Josh Hamilton. Josh Hamilton's the other one who also robbed the Angels. I mean, just over and over, and all these Angels teams continually like build hype, like oh, Garrett Richards is going to be the next star. And they continually get all of this pedigree of, oh, this is the year that the Angels are going to put it together. And then they fire Joe Madden one, like a month into the season. They start off really hot and then lose 14 in a row and completely fall out of the playoff race to where now they're just trying to battle to go to 500. To me, the Angels, if you were just to put it down across all of American sports, of the money paid, the amount of stars they have, I'm not even talking about Anthony Rendon, who they have on their team. They had Justin Upton last year. They had Joe Adele, who's been a top five prospect, who has come up and has done nothing. Sucks, though. Across the board, everything about that organization is disappointing. And as a fan of the MLB, I really hope they trade Otani and Trout just to get them out of Anaheim. They're not going to win there, and it's just sad to see this continue to go. So yeah, that's no, my hot take of the week. No, I, I totally agree. I, I think uh, the the owner for the Angels, Art Moreno, um, 
I will give him credit because he's trying to spend money. He's just spending it in all the wrong places. Um, he's continually put money into guys who, I mean, Rendon, he was getting older already. Um, Pujols, he was on the older side too. CJ Wilson was solid, but you can see the underlying numbers weren't necessarily warranting the numbers that he got when he signed way back then. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you're the Angels, I think you certainly consider trading Shohei Otani, if not this year or sometime during the winter meetings. Um, I don't know if they can trade Mike Trout just because of how large the contract is. I don't no, know who they're going to find. They can't trade him, but I wish no, they could. Sad... the state of baseball, I wish they would. No, I wish they could too, because you're looking at a legitimate shot now where Mike Trout, through what, 12 years, if, like 15 years, is going to the playoffs one time. You know, he's still going to be playing great ball in the next couple of years, I have no doubt. But And the one time that they got there, they were the number one seed. And I believe they got swept by the Eric Hosmer, Mike Moustakis-led Kansas City Royals, who, granted, did win a World Series. They did. They lost the Rio. My goodness. That's terrible. It's absolutely so bad. It's a shame. I mean, again, I've stated this on multiple times. I love Mike Trout. I love Shohei Otani. But the rest of the baseball world is being cruelly deprived of having to see those two play for the Angels. It stinks. I want to root for the Angels. Um, I have a lot of friends that are Angels fans. I have my condolences. Um, but I think they have to start considering, like, yeah, I think Otani's a move that they should definitely they should definitely trade him somewhere because I think for what it's worth too, I don't think Shohei's gonna want to resign with them. No, I think I mean, he wants to win somewhere. He? No, I it's a great question. I mean, they'll give him the money, but they've shown incompetence basically at all levels, you know. Scary Perry, their owner staying. I mean, not the owner, but the GM is a fart, he doesn't do much. So you get when you hire someone who's an assistant for the Mariners. So, I mean, it's just bad. No, it's a tough scene. Bad, bad state of baseball, especially when a team they're spending all this money, but they're just so incompetent. No, I think it hurts the fact too. Maybe right now, Um, if you look elsewhere in California, you have the Giants, the Dodgers, um, the Padres. Those are three, and I know the A's exist in there, but and they stink. But I mean. And they just look bad rest of the basically next to the other California teams. They're in LA. They're trying to compete with the Dodgers, I suppose. Um, if I was the angels, I'd actually redo a lot of things. I would rebrand. If I was the angels, I would go to the California angels again, remove the Los yeah, Angeles part of it. Uh, but yeah, no, it's I, to your point, I think you're right. I think they don't get enough credit for the amount of dysfunction that they are. So they're so bad. So, mm-hmm. I mean, let, let's talk because of the Juan Soto thing is swirling over the head of the entire MLB. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of proposed trades of Otani for for Soto, just straight up. I've mm-hmm. seen this over and over again from both Nationals and Angels fans. So, Clark, what side do you think would be a winner in a straight swap between the two? In a straight swap between the two? I don't think either would be a winner. I think both would eventually realize that they can't keep the guy because they're not going to stick around. Otani won't stay in with the Nationals. That would, he, he wouldn't stay. He'll leave. Um, and then if you're Soto, I mean, yeah, you got two years. I guess, I guess if you were to be the winner based off the control that Soto has, you would say that the net, the angels would be the winner in that scenario because you would still have this year, next year in 2024 with Soto before he leaves. And at least with his control, you could theoretically, okay, if it's things go really bad next year with the angels, and then you know it again at the deadline, you could just flip him again and get prospects in return. So I suppose if there was some sort of dream world where Otani and Soto were swapped for one another, the Angels, in my mind, would be the winner in that because of what you could still possibly trade for Soto and just the control you have of him as to where Otani won't resign with the Nationals. He'll leave almost immediately. So, yeah. 
Well, so let, let me ask this follow-up question. Mm-hmm. How about who do you think is the top suitor for Juan Soto right now? Hmm. I think it's going to come down to the same two teams who went over the biggest name that it was last year. I think it's yeah. going to be I think it's going to be between the Dodgers and Padres. I tend to agree. Um, I know the Mets think that there's a chance in there, but I have to remind you, New York Mets fans, um, the Nationals, while they are stupid, aren't that fucking dumb to trade him in the division. They're not that stupid. They're not going to do it. And you don't really have – they have good prospects, but in terms of top-end guys that are close, um, they don't compare necessarily to the Dodgers and the Padres. Um, I may regret saying this, but I think if I were to choose between the two – I think the team that has the best chance to land him is in fact, the San Diego Padres. I think there is a culmination of a perfect storm of what they have right now. Um, In terms of prospects that they can offer, I think, again, they have the best top end guys who are right there. CJ Abrams, Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel, Luis Campensano. Um, You know, you can throw in another guy like maybe Trent Grisham from the outfield. That's five players who are legitimately talented, very good, can play for you soon can maybe slow down a bit of the rebuild. Um, And then on top of that, I think um, there's just a pressing need for the Padres. I think Preller knows that this, if he screws the pooch on the deadline, that this will be it for him. Yeah, he's done. He's if they, if they screw it again. And I think this is another point too, that I'll make after this is that, Soto's great, and if you can get him, I think Preller's going to go all in, and it makes almost too much sense. But if you're A.J. Preller and you can't get him, you have to have pivots available. Because if they do what they did last year and they can't go out there and they whiff on Scherzer, they whiff on Turner, you cannot turn around and expect people to be like, oh, it's okay, you got us Jake Marisnik. Because when you're missing the big fish, little moves like that, and Daniel Hudson are not going to do it. They're not going to save your skin. And again, I, I think the roster needs guys, but I think for the Padres, it lines up the best off talent they can offer. And again, if I were the Padres in this scenario too, um, I would tr- incl- I would be okay with including Patrick Corbin into the trade. I would do that. It would lessen the return you have to get by taking on the money that he is. And Peter Seidler has said that he's willing to take on and go above the luxury tax if it's for the right player. Um, I don't think you'll find a more fit than Juan Soto of the Padres. So again, I might regret it. But I think Soto, it's the Padres makes the most sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree from a prospect perspective. I just, as you guys saw from that TikTok I put out a couple days ago, of the Preller is or the deadline is a scary time to be a Padres fan. Yeah, there at least has recently. been there has been so much that has gone wrong. There's been bad trades. The whole, I mean, the Scherzer thing just leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. On it was reported we were going to get Scherzer. We are the front runners. The deal was pretty much already done. And then it just turns out we were being used as bait mm-hmm. to be able to drive up the price for the Dodgers. I mean, nothing feels good about that. No. I hope we, I mean, it, it also scares me again that we're dealing with the Nationals once again. Um, and so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Trey Turner, Max Scherzer deal really scares me. And it just feels like, I, this is what I'm going to say. It really feels like he's going to end up being a Dodger. That's just how these things seem to go right now. The Dodgers also have a ton of ammo to make the deal as well. They have the money to spend to give him an extension for whatever he wants. And, I mean, I, I don't know how that team operates, but it feels like, for me, if I were to put my money on it, 
that's where I'd put it. But the Padres are currently the front runners in betting odds to get one. Yeah, they're so minus two hundred. They're the only team that's at uh minus odds right now. You wouldn't be making, you know, even break on it. So in terms yeah. of straight cash. I know the Dodgers are the second, but again, I just think the combination of factors of what Preller needs and what the Padres need and what they can offer, I think will end up prevailing. At least I hope so. And I hope too for the Padres, don't wait to the deadline. No. Don't let it get close to that. Don't well, let it be. I, I said this in our group chat. I'm like, the other thing is the Nationals could totally sit on their hands and just make the deal in the offseason. So just make them an offer they can't refuse. This is a player you sell the farm for. No, I, I agree. And this I think is a you player start- you just offer whatever you just give them their asking price because this is a player who you should sign to a 15 year extension. You should pay him basically whatever he wants. He's probably one of the best pure hitters in baseball. You tag him with Manny Machado and Fernando Tatis, and you have easily the best combination of three players on a team. I will say this I, I do have a line I will draw with what I'm willing to give up, though. What's that? I won't include Jake Cronenworth and James Wood in there. You can take the other guys. I will, If they want all of those dudes that I named plus Cronenworth and plus James Wood, pivot and go somewhere else because that's not feasible. Yeah, I think the Padres are going to have to eat salary. I think they're going to get some salary. No, I, 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 I hope that forces them to trade Eric Hosmer. So, no, I think, I think the scenario, dream scenario in my mind works out like this. Um, you go ahead and you make the trade for – Soto and you take on Patrick's Corbin contract, you give back the guys in which we've just talked about in Campanzano, Gore, Abrams, Hassel, and Grisham. Then you turn over to the Cubs and you trade away um, some guys like Jackson Merrill, Jorge Alfaro for a rental of a half a year of Wilson Contreras and you throw in Eric Hosmer. So that way they get a guy like, you know, Jackson Merrill who's coming up. And again, it's just a rental. So again, you attach the contract from Hosmer to a team that can take it with two better prospect guys and you get Contreras in, that would be my perfect deadline for them. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. It's a long shot, certainly. Yeah. But uh, yeah, again, that just goes back to my point though, that if Preller can see the writing in the wall that he can't get this done, he has to have other trades out there and ready, if not already made by the time this comes up. For sure. They got to have something. Cause if whatever be- happened last year, I mean, it totally tanked the morale of the entire team. No, uh, yeah, whatever happened last year, yeah, was Preller was caught with his pants down as soon as something, as soon as it blew up in his face. So, yeah. So, all right. Well, so let's move into start bench cut. Mm-hmm. So, I got some start bench cuts for you, Clark. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. All right. So, let's start off with our first one. We're going to start off with a topical thing of new helmets. Mm. So, I intentionally left the Bengals off because you're a Bengals fan. Yes. So, I tried to take the bias out. So, Thank new you. helmets. You might not know these off the top of your head. I think you will. I probably will. Okay, so start bench cut. The Panthers alternate helmet, the Texans alternate all red helmet, and the Falcons alternate striped one with the old logo. Okay, so immediately for me, I'm starting the Dirty Bird Atlanta Falcon one. Oh, wow. I'm a big fan of that. I think, again, we said, you said the Falcons' new uniforms are the worst in the NFL. I think the Falcons need to go back to something that looks like the old Dirty Bird uniforms. Those are great. That old school helmet, absolutely fantastic. Love it. Classic. Great look. Uh, the bench I'll go with is a helmet that I really like, and I can't believe they're only going to wear it one time, is the Texans Battle Red helmet. That looks great. I think that's a really good look. 
Um, and then I think uh, the last one that I'm going to cut is the Panthers all black. Isn't that yeah. what it's going to be? Yeah, it, it's all black and it's like kind of chrome. Yeah, see, for me that um, – I like that. Don't get me wrong. I don't like it, but it has more of a college feel. It feels like something I'd watch like the Baylor Bears wear, not the Carolina Panthers. It, it fits that the Baylor Bears would wear it because their coach is the former coach yes, of the Baylor Bears. Yes, it would be. Uh, but, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely starting the Dirty Bird Falcons throwback benching the battle red which i love and then again a helmet that i do like the carolina panthers i'll go ahead and cut this is crazy this is the first time i've completely disagreed with you i would have really? started the panthers one i love wow. the panthers black i think it's really i think it's slick. just okay i think it's just fine it's good but it's not right. it doesn't blow me away next up start bench cut former browns quarterbacks deshaun kaiser johnny Manziel, or brandon whedon oh my god so they all suck they all suck. Deshaun Kaiser, Brandon Whedon, and Johnny Manziel. Um, God, like none of those guys last in the league. No. So you starting who you bench and who you get. Um, if I'm remember correctly, Deshaun Kaiser did he win a game as a starter? He might have won one. He might have won that one in the one in fifteen year. I'll cut Deshaun Kaiser. I like Deshaun Kaiser. He's got a great TikTok channel, by the way, and he's a pretty he cool does. guy. He does. I actually followed him today. Deshaun Kaiser, I'll cut. Um, Brandon Whedon stayed in the league the longest out of any of them. Probably, yes. So for that reason, I will start Brandon Whedon. Okay. And I will bench Johnny Manziel. Okay. Just because when Johnny was actually on, he probably played the best out of any of them. It just yeah. it never happened, but maybe for like a half. Yeah. And Brandon Whedon, I believe, was in the NFL for a number of years as a backup. So I think he's I don't think I don't know if he is anymore. I still can't believe someone took him with a first round pick. Of course it was Cleveland. Who's surprised? Not me. But I would say, yeah, start and this is like a terrible one. This is like starting. Yeah. Would you like uh to have to be shot in the foot, shot in the hand, or shot in the ear? That's basically your options here. So yeah, start Whedon. Bench Manziel, cut Kaiser. There we go with that. So next up, we're going to do a start bench cut of MLB stars. Mm. Start bench cut, Raphael Devers, Mm. Jordan Alvarez, or Paul Goldschmidt. This is a tough one. This is a tough one. But I will start Jordan Alvarez. Okay. Jordan Alvarez, I think, swing-wise, production-wise, what he has done is the probably the best pure hitter in my mind in baseball. I don't ask him to play defense too often. He's got a killer arm, but don't ask him to play defense. He's a DH. Jordana would start. My options are between Devers and Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt's playing as the MVP of the National League right now. Okay. But Rafael Devers is probably playing like one of the AL MVP favorites right now. But Aaron Judge will probably win the award, or Jordan Alvarez would. Or Shohei Otani. I will or Shohei Otani or Mike Trout. Um, I will, I will, because we're talking right now. Yes. And I will unfortunately cut Rafael Devers, who I love, Rafi Scoops. But um, yeah, that would be my start. Start Jordan, bench Paul, cut Rafael Devers. So sorry, Rafi. All right. Next up. We're doing Boston teams. Mm. Start bench cut. The Red Sox, the New England Patriots, or the Boston Celtics? Okay, so 
I can't. I already offended Red Sox fans one time already on this show. I don't oh, want to do it again. Letting up. Huh. I will cut Red Sox fans immediately. Red Sox fans, you will be cut. I know they're all probably oh, Red it, Sox. It, no, it's not fans. It's franchises. Oh, I will cut the Red Sox. Okay. Bye. But everyone who's probably a Boston sports fan will be a fan of all of these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Franchise-wise, well, it's not the fans. It's the franchise, I guess. It's the franchise. Is what um, it is. That changes it. Then um, I'll bench the pay. I'll cut the Patriots then. I will cut the Patriots. Really? Wait, are we talking about who I like or like who I hate? Can I have that no, clarification? It, it's it's just franchise wise. So oh, if, okay. if you were to pick a franchise, like if you became the owner of one of these, okay, which okay. which would you pick? Gotcha. It's not who like I resent or no, okay. no. Gotcha. I don't. That's probably not where my mind should have been in the first place. So it's um, like if you were the owner, which one? Which one would you start? Which one would you bench? Like which one? Yeah. Would you okay. Back? Um. No, I think it's pretty straightforward. Um. Start the Celtics, most titles of any of them. Uh, yes. Bench the Patriots, okay. probably the most successful as of recent memory of any of them by far. Red Sox have certainly a good case. But then I would cut the Red Sox. There was that whole year time span in there where they didn't win anything for a very, very long time because of the silly curse of the Bambino. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that would be my – I would start the Celtics. Again, I believe of all of the, those that you just named, the most – titles i believe one of the tops in the nba aren't they like first or second in world championships i want to say yeah they're, they're second the lakers have second the second lakers are first so yeah start them bench the patriots because again outside of tom brady the patriots used to be a freaking laughing stock so and then cut the i guess uh ooh, wait a minute now yeah i'd still cut the red Sox. okay i'd go with that all right we got two left okay uh, the last one's just kind of fun. So this is okay, the real yeah. la- this is the real last one. Um, start bench cut. Jamar Chase, Rashawn Slater, or Micah Parsons. Well, this is tough. I know I picked I picked the all pros of the rookie class from last I'm year. I'm starting Jamar. Okay. Over Micah Parsons? Yes. Yes. You have to understand. Again, I am a Bengals fan. I am biased here. But Jamar Does it Chase. Change? Does it change if we're saying like over there career-wise? Even if it does, I'm still sticking to my answer. Okay. Uh, Jamar, number one, um, he took the least explosive offense in the NFL in 2020 to the most explosive offense in the NFL in 2021 by explosive plays. Um, I think probably after this season, if he does what I think he will, he'll probably be the number one or two considered receiver in the NFL. He's only going to get better. Um, if people thought Jamar is Justin Jefferson was great, Jamar Chase is better, and he will continue to get better. Uh, my bench, this is going to be hot for some. I will bench Rashawn Slater. Wow, cutting Parsons. I will bench Rashawn Slater. Mm, God, wait, will I? Will I? Will I? Will I? Oh, yes, I will. I will start Rashawn. I will bench Rashawn Slater. I think when you look at pass protecting, such a vital part, not to say that rushing the passer isn't because that's one of your highest played guys do, but I think what Rashawn Slater brings is what you can see with guys that are like Andrew Whitworth, where it's just like stamp. You don't have to worry about that one side of the line the entire game. He will absorb any pass rusher. He makes an imprint on so much of the game in terms of pass protection and run block. Um, he was for a rookie year. I knew he was he was number my number one tackle of that class, and he showed it 
The kid is insane. Ash Slater's only going to get better. He was yeah. practically playing at an all-pro level his first year. If not, he was, I believe, what, second team or something He was like second that. team all-pro. So I think he would be my bench. I really value pass protection. I mean, then again, cutting Micah Parsons, this is nothing against him. He's a great player. I think he's going to be a great player. I think of what he did last year when they finally just let him be a rusher more than anything else. You saw what they got in Dallas. Um, but I just think I value the other two guys more than I do Micah Parsons and what he'll do moving forward. So that would okay. be my start of Jamar bench for Sean Slater, cut Micah Parsons. All right. And then again, Cal- last- again, all great, all great, all going to be great, great generational players, but that's yeah. what I would do. They're all generational. All right. So our last fun one, a start bench cut. Mm. We're doing sports announcers. Oh God. So s- start bench cut, Colin Cower, Stephen A. Smith or Skip Bayless. Um, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to cut Skip. Um, <laughs> I'm going to cut Skip. Um, Skip. Ah, damn it, man. Am I going to cut Skip? Skip's got some great moments. Skip's got some great moments. Like, you know, it's my turn. You said it was my <laughs> turn. That's always good. Or when he had the Kawhi Leonard jersey on, he's saying, what did it do, baby? Like, that stupid stuff is always great. Um, And he's got some other good ones. But he's had some really, really stupid things come out of his mouth. Like when he claimed Johnny Manziel was going to be bigger than LeBron James in Cleveland. Or, you know, when he was on this big Baker hype train and stuff like that. Also, I feel like it's really weird, his strange attachment and obsession of LeBron James. Like, obscure things will happen that don't have LeBron involved. Well, it's really weird that he loves LeBron, but, like, hates Tom Brady. It's, like, really strange. No, he hates hates LeBron, but he loves Tom. Oh, it's the other way around? Yeah, he hates – he's, like – Is Shannon the other way? Shannon appreciates Tom Brady. He loves LeBron, though. He is. Oh, okay. Then I have him confused on the show. Okay. Yes. So I would I would cut Skip Oh, because Skip's the one who put out where he went on to – LeBron went on to that league and, like, shouted out that he went, like, three for 14 from the free throw line and then said, like, yes. sucks. Yes, basically. The Drew League. Yeah, okay. And then um, it, you have to start Stephen A. Smith. Just from oh. a pure, just from a pure entertainment standpoint, the amount of hilarious moments to come out of Stephen A. Smith's mouth. Not saying he's the best guy, but from an entertainment, he kills me. From the amount of dumb videos, you know, him walking out with a cigar in Dallas with a jersey on of like Drew Brees, you know, how much he eggs him on there. And then just like, you know, when he's on, you know, his ESPN radio show and someone, you know, calls in, he's like the whole stay off the weed or, you know, he's reading memos of people saying he's horny all the time. And he's like, well, I wouldn't say all the time, but I digress. And just like, you know, it just wipes over with that. Or the videos of like, you know, uh, Lamar Odom when he's talking about Phil Jackson. Oh, he's that's like, the best one. Yeah, he's like, and he signed Lamar Odom, who is on crack, like great moments, like just stuff you can't beat. And then, um, yeah, he's just iconic. Like, Stephen A. Smith is iconic to basketball, to ESPN, like, first take. What a run for him. Um, And my bench is Colin Coward. I really hated Colin Coward for a long time because of how much he would just, like, crap down the Bengals and specifically Andy Dalton's throat. Like, I remember there was a segment that he went on where he just called him a nerd. Um, I think it probably that we were going to just talk about, like, an ant, like, 
a correctness standpoint, Colin would probably be right the most. Oh, yeah, I think so. Without a doubt, of between Skip, Stephen A, and Colin, Colin probably gives the best like sports perspective while also being entertaining. He's also had some great one-liners, like when uh, who was it? Earl Thomas like had a three-way with his brother or something like what? that. You don't remember like Kim, Earl no, Thomas? I was, mean, my favorite is just Colin Coward's irrational hate for Baker. For Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, like, so- that's great. Or like the backwards hack guy. But yeah, yeah, there was like. There's a really great moment, like when Earl Thomas apparently like had a three-way with like his brother or something like that, and like you know there's some question about Earl Thomas's availability. He's like, oh, maybe we should ask Earl Thomas's brother. I hear they're close, and then just like ended the segment right there, and that was just hysterical to me. It was so funny, and I think also too, you know, Colin Coward has to sit back every night and just see tweets that people send to him about his daughter, uh, Liv Coward, who's just like very attractive and people just constantly drill stuff at him about that. So oh, yeah, for sure. But no, skip, I would cut, uh, no, no, you, you, oh yeah, you're cutting. Skip, I'm cutting Stephen A I'm starting and I'm benching Colin Coward again. I find all of these guys in their own way, unbelievably entertaining. So, you know, they're all great in their own way and a disaster in another, but uh, yeah, start Stephen A for the iconic moments, bench Colin, cut skip. Now you're making me think. Maybe I need to edit in the Lamar Odoms on crack onto our. Lamar Odom on it's such a good moment. <laughs> That's so funny. The other one I thought about editing in. So if you're a fan of the podcast, look up this clip. Is the uh, where the guy got fired and he's doing the home run call and he's talking about his homophobic slur while calling a home run during a Reds game. Oh, Tom wow. Brennan. Yeah, I thought about putting well, that into the intro. Maybe. Yeah, Tom Brennan would have been in the immediate cut because he's a total jackass homophobe, terrible guy. So, yeah. I mean, but yeah, um, no, Stephen A just has so many good moments on first take. He's a character. Oh, yeah, he's funny. Like, he had some uh, random thing, like some dude called in, like during the NBA finals on a show and was like, oh, Nico, this is uh, Stephen A. You're on the Stephen A show. What's going on, brother? And he's like, yeah, you know, I don't know why, but like, uh, it was like some random guy. He's like, it wasn't Shane Battier, but it was like some of the equivalent of that. He's like, I don't know why he's not on the team. He's pretty good. And he's like, all right, thanks for your time. And he just hangs up on the kid. And he's like, we're in the NBA finals and I'm getting calls about whatever so-and-so. So good. Yeah. Well, uh, this has been our show for the day. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the sixth iteration of Hot Takes. Uh, so again, we are having guests on to our next show. Uh, for staying on, I'll tell you, it's What's the Check Down. Uh, they're going to be coming on. Uh, Clark, unfortunately, will not be able to join, so it'll be a solo unfortunately, episode. Yes. Uh, but I look forward to it. Make sure to follow us on all our socials, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. Again, we're the most, um, we're the most basically communicative on TikTok. So if you ever want to talk to us about a take, make sure to check us out on TikTok. Uh, make sure to rate the podcast. Make sure to give it mm-hmm. five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to it. It really helps the show get into those those bigger lists so we're able to get exposed to more listeners. And, of course, thank you to SeatGeek. Make sure to use our promo code from the back Absolutely. seat for all of your ticketing needs. So this Definitely. has been our show. Thank you for listening. Yeah, appreciate it, guys.